I'm Roy Sharples and welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you an industry expert looking for insights? Are you growing your career? Or are you a dear friend helping to spur your old pal on? I created the Unknown Origins podcast to have the most inspiring conversations with creative industry personalities and experts about entrepreneurship, pop culture, art, music, film, and fashion. Hugh Forrest is the Chief Programming Officer for South by Southwest, where he oversees content for the South by Southwest Conference and Music Festival, Film Festival, and Edu. He was named Austinite of the Year in 2012 by the Austin Chamber of Commerce, along with fellow South by Southwest directors Roland Swenson, Louis Black, and Nick Barbaro. In 2014, they were named Austin Entrepreneurs of the Year by Ernest & Young. He received an honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters in 2018 from Kenyon College, his alma mater. In addition to his work at South by Southwest, he has previously served on the National Advisory Board for the Pointer Institute in St. Petersburg, Florida. He is currently part of the Board of Directors for Austin Habitat for Humanity and serves on the Board of Directors for the Austin-based accessibility company, Nobility. Before joining the South by Southwest team in the dark ages of 1989, he founded a small monthly alternative publication called the Austin Challenger. He also wrote for several other newspapers and publications including the Austin Chronicle, the Texas Sports Chronicle, the West Austin News, the Willamette Week, and the Seattle Weekly. Today, Hugh shares his perspective about programming creative events. Hello and welcome, Hugh. What inspired and attracted you to film, interactive media, and music festivals and conferences? Well, South by Southwest started in... Uh, way back in the digital dark ages, so to speak, of 1987, and it was a, it was pretty much a music-only event at that point. Or it was actually called Music and Media at that point, but um, very much focused on on, uh, on music industry, and, and that made sense because uh, the music industry was um, Austin was very uh, had a had a very robust and vibrant music uh, scene at that time. It still does, but um, uh, that, that was the basis for, for uh, starting this event. Then seven years later, 1994, we added what was a combined uh, film and multimedia event. Um, multimedia being somewhat the, you know, cutting edge term at that point for um technology, uh, this emerging tech idea. And if, if we can remember way back then, 1994, what was uh, fairly cutting edge in certain technology was CD-ROMs, which um, uh, could, could hold all this data and look like they would, you know, uh, revolutionize um, so many different things. Um, and I think they did in many ways. Uh, but uh, so that that provided the three pillars of the event, music, uh, film and multimedia. Eventually, we transitioned the name multimedia to interactive. Um, interestingly enough, strangely enough, uh, 
the, the multimedia event, which I was uh, most involved with, um, really, really struggled for its first, you know, several years. And I mean, when I say several, it's truly 10 years. Uh, and we probably would not have survived if not, we, if not for this very robust music event that was kind of uh, supporting it at the time. And, and I say that story because, you know, uh, uh, at this point, certainly multimedia or, or interactive or technology or whatever you want to phrase that has become more of the um, more of the breadwinner of the family. And that makes sense because, you know, there's a technology backbone to everything we do. But I think that story also illustrates how the event has um, has evolved and transitioned and changed and morphed over its 30 plus years. Uh, in, in 2021, 20, in, you know, 2021, we now cover, in addition to those kind of three big pillars, we cover everything from, you know, uh, uh, sports to fashion, to food, government and politics, climate change, space exploration, transportation, uh, startups, uh, just, just all these different verticals. Um, and that's a lot, a lot of different things to digest. Um, but it becomes a little more simple when you understand or think that creativity is the the the, the uh, bottom line that connects all these fields. What we try to do ultimately at South by Southwest is just bring together very, very creative people in a number of different um, fields, pursuits, industries, um, bring them into a very, very creative city, uh, bring them in at a time of year when spring is happening and you have that whole metaphor of rebirth and, and re-energizing things and uh, just kind of sit back and watch the new connections and new ideas and new brainstorms and new partnerships and new opportunities that uh, spring forth as a result. Creativity inspires urban development, which lures bohemians and artists with the attraction of being exposed to innovative ideas and like-minded people. Innovations are more likely to happen in urban areas than in rural areas, drawing more creatives to these open-minded, modern and progressive communities and the culture and amenities that come with them. Conditions need to be established for people to dream, make and do as a collective ecosystem, architecture, the environment, incentives and regulatory regimes must be developed to realise this. A skilled and dynamic workforce made up of dreamers, makers and doers forms a social system with distinct values, attitudes and feelings learned and transmitted from each generation. Where the creatives go, others follow. And Austin has been no exception to that. Certainly in the last decade or so, it has become an increasing hub for creativity. For example, many of the technology companies and the startup ecosystem that surrounds that have migrated from the San Francisco Bay Area to Austin. And I just hope with the influx of that, that it starts to apply a similar appreciation of how to set the right conditions for creativity and to retain that bohemian atmosphere similar to what cities like Berlin have done a really good job at doing where they've kept rent rates low, they've continued to 
deploy liberal policies and lower the costs of living, and that has become a key part of the nucleus that's formed the seedbed for its burgeoning avant-garde art, design, techno music and fashion scenes versus, say, the likes of um, San Francisco, New York and London, where they've kind of almost done the opposite of that and priced out the market that's made it near impossible for bohemians and, and creatives to, to, to live and flourish. Austin, as you mentioned, is growing like crazy right now. Uh, it, it's grown like crazy for the last five years, but we're having another you know, big spike at this point, as are a lot of cities where uh, people in California and the Bay Area realize that that um, in a Zoom world, you don't maybe don't need to you know work. Uh, uh, you can you can work from home, and that opens up a lot of possibilities. Uh, it is great to see Austin grow, uh, but I think that um, as always, our, our our greatest success you know has potential for our greatest failures, and the growth of Austin. Um, means that uh, the cost of living is rapidly increasing as um, as you know uh, people scramble for an increasingly tight housing market or increasingly tight rental market, and um, I think that increased cost of living really um, is a is a threat to uh, to the creativity that that um, made people want to come here in the first place. I mean, I think that. Uh, like a lot of very, very creative places, uh, one of the reasons that Austin emerged as such is that um, artists, struggling artists, struggling musicians, struggling writers, struggling photographers, playwrights, uh, whatever you want to, whatever particular brand of creativity could come here and um, uh, live fairly cheaply while they honed their craft. Um, and then, you know, eventually when they found their art, uh, uh, make this this place such a special place. And I think that um, like a lot of other big cities, Seattle included, it's harder and harder to uh, to live in Austin uh, just from a cost of living perspective uh, if you are a struggling artist. If you think back um you know, more than 30 years ago, uh, the, the defining film of Austin at that point was Richard Linklater's first big film, which was Slacker, which, um, you know, talked about people who sat around and did nothing all day. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of funny and interesting and the characters were rich, uh, but it was also entirely accurate because that's what a lot of people did in Austin in the 80s. And, and sat around and thought all day and guess what those those <laughs> those ideas eventually hatched into really big things that made austin um uh so cool for so long but again i my worry is that um austin's not really a slacker city anymore yeah. uh, lots of people here are are you know anything but slackers and how does that um that 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 change um, in the personality and the atmosphere and the makeup of the city, how does that uh, change the short-term and long-term trajectory of uh, the creative class that typically made Austin such a uh, a great place to live and and great place to, you know, practice your art, that type of thing. Is Austin losing its creative vibe? Uh, Is the city growing too fast? How will the city manage this newest wave of, of uh, growth. I mean, we, 
<laughs> debating this question for 30 or 40 years um, as uh, as the city is has grown and um, and so far I think the city has largely uh, survived the personality has largely survived yes it's a very different place than it was 20 or 30 years ago um, when it was more of a sleepy college town but um, I think that as much as the city has changed that strong strong focus on creativity um, uh, is still very present. Um, our, one of our former mayors uh, is is famous for this line, and I, I have to credit him. I can't say that I thought of this myself, but uh, most people have heard the slogan, keep Austin weird, and, and his yeah. point is keep Austin weird really means keep Austin creative. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, that, 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 weirdness that creativity is the dna that um has made this city uh such a such a cool place to live and such a magnet for so many people what is your creative process in terms of how do you make the invisible visible by dreaming up ideas developing them into concepts then bringing them to actualization a while back i realized that i have a lot of really creative ideas um but there are a lot of people out there who have even more creative ideas. Uh, and the more that, that I can, um, uh, tap into those, that, that creative community, that's, um, uh, that global creative community and get them involved with South by Southwest, the stronger the event can be. And, and, uh, you know, this was very much inspired by, um, the early years or, or earlier years when I was involved with South by Southwest and I, you know, I'd read a story in, um, Wired or Mother Jones or Time Magazine or, or, um, the Atlantic or something like that. And, uh, a story about something really neat. And I'd, I'd, uh, find like five people mentioned in the story and try to track them down for a panel and, uh, to be on a panel or to speak at South by Southwest. And that often worked pretty well. Um, in in terms of putting in terms of creating really interesting content, but uh, invariably the even more interesting content uh, was when someone contacted me and said, you know, hey, I'm a I'm a expert on quantum physics, and you haven't heard of quantum physics yet, but uh, uh, in 15 years, it's going to completely change everything about technology. And I've got three friends who are experts also, and we'd love to come and speak and, and realizing that, Hey, it's, it's much better if that person who's an expert recruits his or her friends. Um, and we just kind of serve as the platform. We do the stuff that we're getting more expert at, which is organizing and they, uh, they pull in the speaker. So that kind of thought led to this interface we have called the South by Southwest panel picker, which we've used for probably 15 years at this point. And it's a way for creatives of, uh, in any industry from anywhere in the world to enter a speaking proposal for South by Southwest and again, it's a way for people who are experts in their particular field to pull in other experts in that field, uh, leverage their expertise. We leverage our expertise in terms of um, 
uh, organizing event. And um, in that sense, we, we kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, so we've used this system again for the last 15 years or so. At this point, we'll typically get about 5,000 ideas um, from all over the world uh, and really good ideas. And it's really incredibly difficult to, to, um, to sift through the best of those ideas. We have a, a community voting system where all these ideas are posted on this interface called the panel picker and, and anyone in the community can vote on them or comment on them in a, you know, up down fashion, which is uh, what uh, web users are pretty familiar with. The panel picker is, has a lot of benefits. Again, it leverages the expertise of people in the community. It lets us um, kind of understand trends that are bubbling up uh, within this creative community before uh, before those trends are too obvious to the uh, general or mainstream public. It's also, I think, been one of the reasons that the event is kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, expanded into all these other industries um, because all of a sudden, you know, people who were uh, involved with with food or again with fashion or or with drones or with um, uh, you know synthetic biology or with uh, robots, all of a sudden um, they started putting ideas in the panel picker and um, allowed us to bring those communities in. So, uh, you know, this is a long answer to your relatively short question, which is that I've always been a strong, strong believer in the power of community. Um, and I think that uh, to the extent that South by Southwest has been successful um, in uh, showcasing new kinds of creativity, it's really largely been that we've been able to uh, lean on the expertise of this uh, global creative community who bring us these new ideas and uh, always, you know, amaze us with, with um, the kind of innovative thinking that, that they're working on. So again, uh, my, my <laughs> answer there is you can be creative on your own. You can be even more creative when you find ways to leverage and connect and uh, brainstorm with other creative people. I really like the democratic approach and the, the 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 more tilting towards more open innovation and always kind of looking for that outsider theme or insight that transcends the, the ordinary and the routine and the status quo and not knowing where that idea might kind of come from as well. That That's really attractive yeah. rather than forcing. Well, thank you. I, it certainly was also inspired and reflects the, you know, the, early ideas of the open web and, and uh, open source community. Um, uh, I think we've, you know, come a long way since there then, but um, always uh, that was something that always I got inspired a lot by, and, and we tried to in incorporate uh, this into this panel picker interface. And, and again, it's served us really well. Um, we, we still, you know, curate some of the content where, uh, we say, hey, we really want to have, you know, Barack Obama speak this year. How do we get through to Barack Obama? But even that is very community focused and that will inevitably you know, know someone who knows someone else who knows someone else who knows Barack Obama and perhaps can get an invitation 
to him, to him or Michelle Obama or whoever of that level that we want to through our community also. So again, I, I can't say it enough. I'm a strong, strong believer in the power and the importance of community in in all its many and uh, uh, all its many um, all the many senses of the word. And uh, to the extent that South by Southwest has done anything that's um, engaging and forward thinking, there is usually uh, the community to credit, uh, to give much more credit than, as opposed to any particular staff members. What are the key skills needed to program creative events? Dogged persistence yeah. and uh, as much attention to detail as possible. What we do at South by Southwest is, you know, we, we spend basically 10 months working on a 10-day event. Um, it has that long a, a kind of gestation period. Um, there are literally thousands of details to tend to. Um, we do a pretty good job of managing most of those. Definitely there are some details that that fall through the cracks, and um, uh, hopefully we, we uh, will address those better the next year. I, I uh, often say to myself and, and say to my staff that if we ever did a year where I thought everything went you know, right and completely according to plan, that would be the, the time to mic drop and <laughs> move on to something <laughs> else. But we've certainly come nowhere close to that yet. Um, uh, but, but, but uh, say it said in a more positive way, we, we grow a little every year. And over the course of 30 years, that has amounted to some pretty significant growth and so, some pretty significant um, reach and scale and uh, power. And, and it's um, been an, an amazing thing to be part of that journey. What are your lessons learned in terms of the pitfalls to avoid and the keys to success that you can share with other event programmers? Anything of value takes uh, a long time to to build and a lot of effort to build. Um, uh, you know, there are a few brilliant people, amazing people, incredible people who can build something in the space of one or two years that that um, gets uh, national, international attention that that. Uh, completely pans out as you want it to pan out. Most of us aren't like that. And uh, we're definitely not like that at South by Southwest. What we've done again is, is, you know, build slowly, organically over the the space of 30 years and always tried to have kind of a long-term vision of this and, and not try to get too far in front of our skis in any one given year. But again, um, you know, take a long-term approach. This is what we can realistically do better this year. Next year, we'll attack those things and get better at that. And again, if you ha- if you're able to maintain that long-term perspective, and that is incredibly difficult because we all want more instant gratification, um, you can, I think, really achieve some amazing things. What's your vision for the future of creativity? Stating the obvious, the world is changing at warp speed now with with the various technologies that we're employing now and and again the the technologies that are on the immediate horizon um certainly one of the most important of these technologies is is uh ai artificial intelligence which is already um so much a part of of uh so many things we uh, do in our day-to-day lives but will continue to um uh, have 
greater influences on us in the future. Um, there is certainly massive potential within our AI future of job displacement, um, of, of uh, just a, a different, um, different approaches to humanity than what we've known before, because we've never had, quite frankly, machines that could think as, as quickly, as deeply as what we have now and what we will continue to have in the future. But I, I think the, the glass half full or more than half full perspective here is that um, humans are no longer needed to do the rote things of, uh, you know, uh, adding things together of, of, uh, of um, things that, that, uh, that, that, again, don't take a whole lot of creative power. What we are needed for is adding in that special sauce of creativity that machines just can't do. Um, so I think creative, uh, create creatives, creativity, creative thinking, creative approaches are going to be even more important, um, as we move forward. I think that, that learning to think creatively, to think, to, to, um, approach, uh, problems in entirely creative ways to, take the data that we have that the machines can put together and apply that in creative ways is going to be, or is, is quickly going to be the most valuable skill we have. And that, and it is a, it is definitely a skill. I mean, I know for, for my own self and my work, um, I'm really good at answering emails or I'm pretty good at answering emails pretty quickly, but I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, I should really be spending this time thinking about creative things as opposed to answering an email, which uh, <laughs> takes time, but doesn't uh, may not require the most brain power possible. So uh, again, another long answer to a short question, creativity is not going away. Creativity is going to become even more important um, uh, the, the, the most creative thinkers in our society are going to be the, the, um, the most important people as we, as we move forward. Creativity will continue to be the difference humans make in the future. Intelligent technologies are increasingly able to expedite the majority of roles a human can. The future workplace is where humans will work in unison with artificial intelligence or the technological equivalent. Robots have already multiplied productivity and replaced humans in many work lines, just as the automobile replaced horses, dramatically impacting life and society. A plane can be flown without a pilot, cars and trains driven without a driver, brain surgery without a doctor, Fleets of vehicles produced without factory workers, freeing up humans to perform more creative and self-fulfilling roles that have yet to be defined. Digital literacy, computational thinking, judgment, decision-making, emotional and social intelligence, critical thinking, problem-solving, and having a creative and innovative mindset will continue to be more critical than ever. The whole reason for South by Southwest is um, creativity. Again, as much as the event has changed, being a music-focused event in 1987 to being an event that 
focuses on dozens and dozens of different verticals in 2021 that has world leaders and bands from uh, Norway and China and Japan and filmmakers from every corner of the earth. You know, that's, that's huge change over 30 plus years. Um, But the common thread there is celebrating creative thinking bringing creative people together um, to interact with other creative people uh, and see what happens. And and I think what's particularly special about what we do um, now is that, that, you know, we're not just a event for creatives in one industry. We're an event for creatives in many different industries. And I, I always uh, encourage people coming to events like South by Southwest to, you know, uh, to the extent possible and to the extent you have courage or whatnot, ditch your friends, ditch the people that you usually hang out, ditch the, your, your click, ditch your, uh, your, your tribe and go try to meet other people, other creatives. That's the, the absolute most value you will get out of an event like South by Southwest and, and all the other cool events out there. When you, when you realize that other industries, um, have other people who are thinking creatively, who um, are looking for new solutions to their problems that you may have thought of that someone else hasn't thought of. Again, uh, venturing outside your comfort zone at events like South by Southwest, that is where the the, um, the people who do that successfully are the people who make the absolute most out of the event. And again, that's really hard to do because as humans, we're you know kind of hardwired to stay with our friends and stay with our circles and say with what we know but again when you venture out and seek creatives and and other uh other verticals um uh, that's when the real 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 magic occurs you have been listening to the unknown origins podcast please follow subscribe rate and review us for more information go to unknownorigins.com thank you for listening